So yeah, I'm going to say um, for the next couple of days, things are pretty quiet, all considered, which is a perfect time for us to kind of get a better idea of what you guys are like out of the mask. So uh, we are going to do a little personal interludes and we are going to start off with Joey. So Joey, what does the, when he is not, um, you know, uh, shilling for various uh, recycling companies and security services, what does Mr. Medium get up to in his spare time? Well, uh, <clears throat> currently, uh, if you would ask Brandon Hart what his uh, job is, he is currently uh, between projects, quote unquote. Ah, uh, yes. Um, he hasn't been picked up for a documentary in a while, and his acting gigs are even more sparse um, ever since his career was kind of uh, de derailed. Um, so... He's been, he kind of divides his time amongst uh, patrolling as Mr. Medium. Uh, I would say out of everybody, uh, unless anyone has uh, anything contrary, he probably spends the most time in, in costume, just running around. Uh, that's why he probably, more people probably know about Mr. Medium because of how loud he is and how out He's there he is. He's jumping around, throwing chairs. You know yeah. this guy. Yeah, he does a lot of solo work. Um occasionally uh, on, you will get people that like recognize you and they say like a line from that car commercial that was like really badly done and it's clearly a joke at your expense mr medium constantly tries to roll with it despite the <laughs> fact that he in his mind was like mr see the thing is mr medium's not embarrassed that he did a car commercial he's embarrassed that he had to with do that horrible script yes <laughs> and that and that ned wouldn't take any of his notes <laughs> so that uh, that that that's what really gets that's under what, his Yeah, skin. that's what irks him the most. Is that yeah, God? Is that, yeah, is that if I had if I, he had let me control the the commercial, it would have been great. <laughs> I had to read his subpar lines. Yes. Um But yeah, Mister Medium, and and honestly, because of the amount of time he spent in costume, like hit Brand, his time his time as Brandon has been a lot of him practicing, which is him reading old scripts that he's been a part of and feeling bad about himself and watching wrestling videos. So mm. recently he hasn't been up been up to much. He's been trying to figure out what to do. So You do Brandon, have that old uh that um improv group that you saw when you went to the theater that one time. Yes. So what what he since that moment he's actually been he's walked by a bunch of times but Despite his Mr. Medium attitude, he was actually somewhat reticent of going in and actually, like, joining. So he's kind of gone, walked by, he's sat in the audience and gone to the shows, like, that they, the, the pickup shows they do, where they just, like, hey, bring anyone in, anyone is free to come in, you don't have to pay. Right, But he yeah. hasn't formally joined the group yet. Okay. Um, because he is just... Weird for Mr. Medium, he's too shy. Oh, so, such hidden depths. Yeah, so he, he will often forlornly walk by the theater um, and then think, well, maybe I'll join later. You know, I'm, bu right. I'm busy. He'll And then he hears and, and then he, uh, oh, hey, is that the sound of a car being broken into? Better go. Yes, of course. So All right. Been... So, yeah, um, I'm going to say that. Um, so you basically like pass by the theater pretty often and like trying to muster up the courage, but it just never quite gets there. Uh, but I am going to say that on your walks, um, they actually take you through like an area that borders on the Harpies territory. Mm -hmm. And you start to notice like 
gang signs in the border areas, which is really weird because the Harpies territory was like uh, no fly zone for gangs for the longest time. <laughs> Only one fly zone. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, what's even more surprising is that they're gang signs from, you think, the high city rollers? Which is, like, even more surprising, because you would have thought that Marino had, like, more or less wiped them out. I mean, the last anyone heard of them doing, like, a big show of force was them, like, apparently some sort of apartment explosion uh, that, like, the building just completely disappeared, and a lot of them got arrested. But, yeah, like, you weren't aware that they were still like active in the city. You thought they had all been wiped out. Mm. But, yeah, it seems like... Um, like there are gang signs like on the border of the Harpies territory. Seems like they still have some shooters in the area. Mm, Mr. Medium, this 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 displeases Mr. Medium. Um, he's going to linger around the area for a little bit. All right. See what and kind of keep it keep like do the do the kind of rounds. So where he walks around, looks at the theater forlornly, <laughs> goes, <laughs> goes to the Seven Eleven, gets a Slurpee. Goes out, walks around the gang territory, walks by the theater again and feels bad about himself. Goes yeah. back into 7-Eleven. He's going to continue that for a couple of cycles. Alright, so if you are attempting to gain information, I'm going to say that you're going to need to roll some sort of overcome check in order to uh, in order to try and determine stuff. Okay. Mr. Medium isn't great at... Okay, he has awareness. Um... Uh, I... Can't use this. I guess I'll just use a D4 for that one. Uh, that's a four. All right. So that is a success with a minor twist. So you manage to hang around for a bit. And as the sun starts to set, you do actually start seeing people with uh, High City Rollers colors. So purple and gold start to appear. They're not like fronting. Like they clearly seem to have like, like there's only a couple of them. But it's, you're probably estimating that this is what's more or less like... There might be, like, more, obviously, but it, it's obvious that they're not, like, putting up a massive show of force. Though it does seem like they are going around and, like, knocking on doors and stuff like that. It's kind of... I'm going to say that the minor twist is that you can't really get all of the information out of them. You can't get close enough to really listen to what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. But the, the, the feeling you get from this is that they're kind of... They're calling in favors, basically. And considering that they are one of the old they were one of the oldest gangs in Pacific City, you'd imagine that they probably have a lot of favors they could possibly call in. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Unfortunately, they're also not doing anything illegal, so you don't really have any like probable cause to run in and start busting heads. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm not gonna attack them for no reason. Yeah. Um Mr. Meme's actually gonna so is anything happening at the theater right now? Um, at this point, no. It's like late in the evening, so the theater is actually kind of like closed for the evening. Okay. Um, then Mr. Medium will just take a note and probably head home at this point. All right. Unless he sees anything in particular that, like, any any actual suspicious activity. Hmm. Nothing that you can see, unfortunately. You know what? He's gonna do. He's gonna mask up in, in the alleyway and then do a bit of rooftop reconnaissance around the area. So just kind of hop around the the common areas the harpy might. All right. Um, so you notice that, like I said, but like doing it from the rooftops pretty much confirms the presence of the high city rollers is very much like 
It's inside the Harpies' territory, but right along the border. Uh, one of the borders, I should say, not the entire border of the, of the oh, so the it's so, so it's kind of like an animal that's like pawing at something that they're not sure is safe yet. Yeah, you get the feeling that like from the rooftops, they're definitely testing the waters, but they're still very unsure that this is yeah. happening because they're afraid if they go all in, she'll just be like, "Haha, I was kidding." Yeah, I will also say that as you are like walking around the rooftops, you actually see um actually. Good question. How familiar is um, Mr. Medium with gangs in Pacific City? Or at yeah. least, what were gangs in the city? I would say pretty regular, pretty aware, because he spends a lot of time, like, fight, dealing with street crime. Okay, so I'm going to say that, um, like, so you start sort of going through the Harpies territory, and on one of the other sides of the territory, um, there is, like, a bar uh, that outside you see are a bunch of motorcycles. And the motorcycles have the logo of the Iron Devils on them, but it's been modified slightly. And you know, the Iron Devils were basically a motorcycle gang that did exist in Pacific City, but when Marino started taking over, they just kind of, like, disappeared. They weren't wiped out, they just kind of left. They kind of went underground? Kind of? Most people assume that, like, oh, Marino was... Because they didn't really have a lot of holdings in the, the core Pacific City area. They kind of just, like, held, like, you know, the rural areas. So a lot of people just think that Marino went up to them and said, hey, I'll buy out your, like, Pacific City holdings and you can keep all the rural stuff. We can even work together. I just want, like, you know, your, like, stuff in the city. Mm -hmm. To stay out of my way, essentially. More or less. And I mean, you know personally that that's kind of how Marino operates, is that he would prefer to buy out his competition than to actually fight them, considering he tried to pay off you guys. That's fair. Hmm. Okay. All right. But yeah, other than that, yeah. But again, they're kind of on, uh, like, they're also just along the border of the territory. It doesn't even look like they're really putting up a massive show of force. It's just they are all congregated on a bar that happens to be in a seedier part of town. Mm -hmm. But yeah, other than that, you do a bit of patrolling. A few, you know, scaring off people to make sure they don't make the worst decisions. But other than that, it's a pretty quiet evening, all things considered. Okay. Yep. Right. Mr. Medium's okay with that. All right. So, uh, moving on. So, Evelyn, you've had a lot of time, basically, to work with your new superheroing job, quote-unquote. Um, yes. And I imagine that's probably because the university, after one of their, like, you know, grad students suffered a major accident in one of their labs, was like, hey, how are you doing? Like, feel free to take some time off. By the way, here's an NDA. Please don't sue us. Yeah, that's that's basically what happened. Uh, she was uh, a postdoc, and she's actually pretty near the end of her contract. It's like a two-year contract. And the university was like, well, uh, mm, eh, you know, if by the time you get out of the hospital and stuff, uh, whenever that is, uh, your contract will be over. So see ya. <laughs> she didn't get that much support from them, which is why she was looking for a job when she uh, joined with the team. But... Uh, she just got a great lead earlier in the day. Uh, if you'll remember from last episode, she gave her business card to the, the folks at Hit who were collecting the hagfish from the beach. Ah, yes, she thinks that might be a, a pretty good lead for you know work that she can do outside of the mask that might still 
be useful for her superheroing. So she's basically decided that you know if she can do this full time. She's going to do it full time. Okay, so uh, so when you told them that like you're basically if like they want to hire you on as a biologist, they're hiring the Pell Kinetic, not Evelyn, correct? Yes, okay. and she has uh, maybe a couple ideas of how that could work. Um, so I will say, uh, during this time, you have actually gotten an email from your previous, like, lab supervisor. Um, basically, he's, uh, like, he's obviously very sorry for what happened, you know, like, he didn't realize that that was a risk that could necessarily happen. Uh, he was wondering if you could help him with uh, a research project. Unfortunately, like, he's, like, due to the incident, he can't really get funding from the university for it. So he can't really promise all that much in terms of pay, but he's hoping that you could come aboard because you did such good work for them in the past. Oh, okay. Well, Dr. Fisher and I have a pretty good relationship, so um, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll respond out of goodwill. Okay, sure. So yeah, uh, he basically just wants you to swing by the university, um, basically in the next couple of days, just so we could kind of talk about, you know, what the project could be and what exactly payment could look like and all that sort of stuff. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Evelyn's cool with that. All right. So yeah, uh, over the next, so you head up to the labs, basically the biology labs at uh, Pacific city university. Uh, and as you're walking by, you actually see like you're walking to Dr. Fisher's office and you actually see like one of your like uh, a grad student that you kind of like, like, you know, you occasionally hang out with and you went uh, for like beers after work because you all kind of worked in the same sort of adjoining labs. And he sees you and he's like, and uh, Jesse, he kind of like comes over and is like, oh my God, Evelyn, I, you're alive. My God, you just kind of dropped off the radar there for a second. Oh, hey, yeah. Uh, well, you know, uh, I probably should have checked in uh, with you folks, but you know, I, I'm okay. Uh, I, I got out of the hospital a couple weeks later after the incident and, um, well, my contract was up, so I, I got kind of busy looking for work and all that, but, uh, yeah, uh, I'm doing okay. Uh, Dr. Fisher asked me to come in to, to, uh, consult on a, a new project potentially, so I might be around. Oh, nice. That's great news, actually. Wait, you can, you can talk about what happened, right? Like the university didn't try to like, and he makes that motion of like zipping his lips um, to you in a very kind of like wink, wink, nudge, nudge sort of motion. Uh, mm, unfortunately, uh, I am uh, limited in the ways in which I can comment on the incident. And Evelyn like goes on and is obviously parroting like standard university legalese. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, but Jesse just kind of like nods along, like yeah, yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. But, no, uh, no. Uh, good to see that you're doing all right. No, oh, yeah, thanks. I appreciate it, man. Yeah. Uh, hey, we're gonna go to beers at the pub and like two hours or so. Do you want to join with us if you're done with whatever Dr. Fisher needs? Oh, of course. That sounds great. Thank you. Hell yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, I'll let everyone know you're coming. Good luck. Thanks. All right. So you head to Dr. Fisher's office. So what does Dr. Fisher look like, actually, just so that we have an idea? Like, is he one of those, like, old, like, cryptkeeper-looking professors? Or is he one of those, like, you know, jaw, massive jaw, like, pecs popping? <laughs> is that an archetype? Are those the only two types of professors you're aware of? <laughs> They're the incredible extremes of professors, all right? Oh, all professors man. professors are either old men or fucking GQ Jacked models. Jacked yeah. hell. No, Dr. Fisher is an old hippie. He's like, he's not a, 
a crypt keeper, as you might say. He's like in the, the middle age of his research career, but he, you know, he's got male patterned baldness, but the hair that he does have is long. He uh, like rollerblades uh, around the uh, hallways of the university to get around. He's kind of a weird, quirky guy. Um, has kind of a history attending protest movements and stuff, um, but he's 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 pretty chill generally. All right. Uh, so yeah, you you knock on the office door and he's like busy reading a paper. He's like, oh, Evelyn, please come in, come in. Oh, it's good to see you again. Like offers uh, well, his hand for a handshake. Uh, yeah, <laughs> thanks for uh, having me back. Um, you know, I I'd, uh, I really still do believe in the research you're doing here, and um, well. I'd like to help in any way that I can, but uh, I understand that, well, honestly, I'm a little surprised that you, you even asked me. I, I, I didn't think the university would want me back. Uh, well, you know, it's it's a unique situation, and I, I know how much a, of, a, of a good worker you were, but obviously, you know, politics, and he says it with the most derision his voice could possibly, like, muster. Yes. Anyway, um, the project that I was talking about is... Um, well, it's a bit unusual, but I was thinking that maybe you'd be wanted to help me with it. Basically, I'm trying to discover, I'm trying to figure out if there's uh, unusual behavior in birds that we haven't seen yet. I think it might be triggered due to some, I don't know, possibly frequencies created by motor vehicle traffic that might be causing issues with um, their navigation or spatial memory. Obviously, um, it's kind of a, a niche area, but that's sort of where our specialties lie. I can't promise that the position would pay well. As you know, the accident has caused my, shall we say, standing within academia to take a bit of a hit. Even though it wasn't really my, even though it was an accident, they still tend to be a bit cautious about these sort of things. But I can promise that I can try and scrounge up any money that I can here and there. Well, like I said, I'm happy to help, and uh, I'm not exactly working right now. So um, any any more experience uh, to get my kind of name out there would be really appreciated. So you said motor vehicle sounds. That's really interesting. Are you talking like infrasound, ultrasound? And she'll kind of like launch into theories. Yeah. Like she's clearly already thinking about this. Yeah. And you can tell that like Fisher is like, and he's like, um, possibly. I, I haven't been quite able to isolate the source that causes them to do this sort of thing. But I, I, I think that we can probably start working with a, a list of the most common suspects and narrow it down. Like I said, I, I'm, I'm kind of just working on a gut feeling here. Okay. Well, yeah, it sounds like a fun project. I'd love to be able to get out in the field again, oh, as long perfect. as uh, no pelicans. <laughs> yes, yes, of, of course, of course. Um, right, I'm, I'm still working out some of the details, but I'll, I'll call you once I manage to have uh, everything sort of set up. Uh, but thanks again for coming in on such short notice. I, I realize that our parting wasn't exactly the most uh, amicable last time. Oh, well, uh, it's really, it wasn't your fault. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, is an accident. Of course. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Uh, yes. But uh, I'll let you know in the next coming days. I'll let you know soon if uh, once we've managed to have something uh, working. Uh, Great. In the meantime, uh, yeah, just please uh, feel free to peruse the labs if there's anything that you want to take a look at. Oh, thanks. Um, hmm. Yeah, uh, I'll let you know. Thank you. 
And uh, yeah, so pretty short meeting, but hey, that does mean that you managed to get to hang out with a bunch of the other postdocs and grad students that are now uh, going to the pub. Yeah, my buds. Yeah, so you guys are talking a bit, and uh, the one thing that everyone is talking about is the hagfish. Because obviously, Dr. Morpho specimen shows up. Ooh, baby, rich biological data. Let's go. And uh, so Jesse's kind of talking. He's like, ah, there's something about it that just doesn't make sense to me, though. I what? Which part? It's a giant, sixty-foot-long hagfish with centipede legs. Which which part exactly does not make sense to okay, you? Okay, okay, okay. Like forgetting the giant part for a second. It's the fact that it showed up at all. Like, I don't do any research in it, but I remember that there was this grad student that was really interested in like uh, carrion feeders of this of uh, the like you know and food cycles at the bottom of the ocean, and he would talk about how the hagfish are basically like you know corpse eaters. They don't hunt things; they just eat whatever falls to the bottom of the ocean floor. And so because of that, most things tend to, and between that and the slime, most things tend to leave them alone. So they don't really, like, leave the bottom of the ocean unless something forces them out. But I'm trying to think, what could possibly force out something that big, you know? Now, that is a truly, truly terrifying thought. Yeah. Um, well, you know, one of the theories that I saw uh, kind of going around the news was that this was a supervillain thing. You know, it, it was uh, something that was released purposefully just to create chaos or whatever. No. Uh, if that's the case, then, I mean, it's a lot more boring, but sometimes that's a good thing. I mean, certainly one would hope. I mean, it'd be a hell of a thing if, like, Morpho was back and up to her old tricks. Yeah. Certainly, you know, make us grad students look bad. Ha ha ha! Oh, well, uh, and I'm going to say that as a postdoc, you would know. So uh, Dr. Morpho's turn to villainy came when after decades of basically reaching like, you know, postdoctorate status uh, in human genetics, realized that her ability only worked on animals. And she became obsessed with trying to figure out why that was. So it's often like a joke of, oh, if your project gets canceled at the last minute, that you'll pull a Morpho. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I can believe that. Yeah. But yeah, other than that, so like good times are had by all, and it's kind of nice to sort of get back into the, the groove of academia after all the wild stuff that you've been up to for the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it's a comfort. All right. Uh, and um, with that, it is now sort of going to fight to... So what exactly... So now we're going to move on to Chris. So okay. what does Sam or Carsonon get up to when, like, the team doesn't get up together? Uh, for that sort of stuff, like, he does spend some time on his own. Like, he needs to make sure that he keeps in shape for being a superhero. So he's working out and, uh, you know, kind of uh, working on his own skills, like looking up things on the internet to see if there's any way in which he can improve himself. But, I mean, when he's not doing that... He's also doing a part-time job as well at a local comic book store. <laughs> so, you know, after leaving the force, he was looking for some jobs and stuff, and he figured, you know, might as well get back to some of his roots, being a lifelong fan of superheroes. So, yeah, he was able to get himself, luckily enough, a job at a local comic book shop. All right. I have a question about yes. the universe that uh, we need to kind of figure out. Are superhero comics popular in this universe? I think we established previously that it was fantasy that kind of took over the niche that uh, superheroes no longer occupy. Yeah, but I mean, 
this is a guy that well, well so so what that means is that Carson, even within people that read comic books is uh, is has, has niche interests yes <laughs> if his thing is because like i assume most superhero comics are actually more like autobiographical in this universe than they would it's be like in. it's almost like reading history books yeah yeah and but yeah that's uh that's sam's thing so um yeah he's still working in this uh comic book shop uh and yeah basically that's what he gets up to um pretty much and he also basically his thing is he's trying to learn how to be a like a better superhero because he's been learning a lot and realizing that he's not as cool as he thought he was and he's just basically like this entire last while has kind of been like a very humbling experience for him in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. So yeah, basically he's just uh, trying to get back on his feet and learn how to like reestablish himself, not as the Carson on he thought he was, but maybe just trying to figure out like what being a truly like good superhero is all about beyond just fighting crime and, you know, helping people out and stuff. All right. Uh, so you're basically working in the co uh, the comic shop. You're yeah. putting away poles, organizing some stuff, and uh -huh. there are a couple people or a couple regulars that are kind of like talking uh, at the counter, basically just like you know water cooler talk. One of them goes, "Hey, check this out." Turns out the harpy was started up north. Wonder if she's doing something in the Arctic. And the other guy's kind of like, "You idiot! That's clearly a fake. She's clearly on the east coast." See, and he like pulls his phone up and shows him something. And then somebody else goes, oh, "I heard she went down to Mexico." you know, maybe is tangling with those luchadors or something like that. So, and all of them start getting into, like, arguments about which of their sources is of the correct one. And I overhear this, and, you know, I'm behind the counter, and hold on, hold on, guys. Uh, what's this about the harpy being in a couple different places? Yeah, I mean, take a look. She's clearly going to the Arctic, and, like, he pulls up an article on his phone and shows it to you. Uh, it's not really a phone. It's more like a, a series of tweet threads. And then somebody else is like, no, man, see, there's clear that's clearly her over in the East Coast. And so you basically have them showing you like conflicting Twitter threads that are all various pictures of things that look like the harpy, one of which is sort of like in the far north, one of which seems to be a collection of them that are like on the East Coast, uh, one of them that seems to be like a collection of photos of the harpy in Mexico. Hmm. Well, actually, everyone knows that the harpy's feet are actually red. Uh, and you know, I would know. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't know. But, uh, uh, yeah. So they start. They start Justine. arguing. Yeah, they start <laughs> arguing about harpy biology. Some people think she's just migrating south for the winter. Mm. Uh, other people are like, nah, she's probably like reinventing herself on the east coast because mm. you know there's too much heat over here. Others like you know think, oh no, it's like you know she's heading north because like you know she wants to be alone from people. She clearly doesn't like them. Huh. And yeah, it seems like there's a lot of conflicting reports, but all of them have one thing in common. The Harpy is, they're definitely saying, the Harpy is not in Pacific City, or Cascadia in general, for that matter. Okay, so yeah, I try to listen to this stuff, of course, because, you know, I like to keep my ear to the ground regarding all this stuff, so I'm just basically gonna just make little mental notes of all these places for doing some research later. Okay. So uh, I'm going to say the evening kind of um, the, the evening kind of rolls on. You close up mm -hmm. the shop and I'm assuming now you're going to start doing some investigating into this yes. conflicting information. Absolutely. I am. So, right. I, yeah, I'm going to roll uh, just a moment. Um, 
would it be possible to do like an overcome for this to get some info? Sure. Okay, can I roll with Principal of the Detective for this? Go for it. Okay, great. Uh, let's see here. Um, all right, so I'm going to roll with uh, Investigation and Awareness. So this is going to be 3d8. And I'm okay. going to use my max die. Jesus, uh, that was a series of terrible rolls. Uh, I rolled a 3 for my max die. All right, so that is either a failure or success with a major twist. I'm going to say this is a failure. All right. So, unfortunately, like, as I said, they mostly just pulled up, like, a series of Twitter threads. Uh-huh. And the problem is, is that trying to search, like, Twitter is god-awful. Yeah. So, unfortunately, the trail is kind of getting really cold really fast. You do manage to find a couple ones. Again, conflicting reports of the locations, but you can't really piece together, okay, where the why are these reports happening? What are they coming uh-huh. from? And uh, at this, the non-emergency, and as you're sort of pondering this over, uh, the non-emergency line on the, uh, like, to contact Torch rings. Okay, I take a look. Uh, Yeah, it seems to be a call from a Detective Iverson. Okay, Um, so I just uh, get my voice ready, just... And, uh, yeah, I go on the phone, and... You have reached uh, Torch's non-emergency line, Carson on speaking. Um... Yeah, hi. Can I speak to a, um, Darian? This is, uh, in regards to the case of the kidnapping? Why is that a question mark? Of, uh, apparently kidnapping of property? What the hell? Uh, Look, can I speak to this Darian? Darian is unavailable at the moment, but I can take a message. Uh, just let them know that, um, we have some details in the case that are relevant, and we'd like to discuss it with them. And then you kind of hear like a pause on the line for a second. And then he goes, because, you know, I'm not allowed to reveal sensitive information about a case to people not that aren't contact informations. But I am going to get a sandwich from Hal's Heroes and then go to the top floor of the parking garage across the street. And if anyone happens to show up there while I'm having my dinner, who knows what we could talk about? if you catch my meaning. Like I said, I, I can't do not. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, uh, don't don't apologize. That was very good. Um, like so. I said, I can't really talk about relevant details to the case on the phone to a person that's not relevant to the case. But again, you know, things might happen. But again, yeah. Just- well, uh, that's an interesting, uh, interesting idea to talk about. Well, uh, Wish you luck with everything going on. So I'm yeah, gonna, you too. And I hang up, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna get the costume on, and I've made sure to spray it out and clean it out, and so it no longer smells like a dumpster. So, All right. And so I get ready, and uh, I go to um, yeah, the well. I look at the like I have my scanner and everything, and basically I'm not in the parking garage. I'm just kind of like in one of the nearby buildings, just looking and just trying to see where this person is exactly. Yeah, so you you wait you stake it out. Yeah, like you said, and then within about like you know, I'd say about fifteen ish minutes, mm. a car pulls up, parks in mm-hmm. front of uh, Hal's Heroes uh, sandwich shop, goes inside, comes back. Another person comes back outside. Yeah, uh, with a clearly a sandwich and a bag, gets back ah. in the car, drives into the parking garage, drives all the way to the top, parks the car, and then just gets out and sort of like 
hangs out on the edge of the parking garage and just starts eating his sandwich. Okay. Um, yep. I guess I am going to, uh, swing over and for a moment I'm tempted to do the Batman entrance, but then I tell myself, nope, uh, this is, uh, you're trying to become a new hero, a better hero. You, you can't keep doing that. So, um, I'm just gonna, yeah, just, uh, come into view and just, uh, head towards him and I'm just gonna, yeah, wait for him to notice me, I guess. All right. So, yeah. Uh, so you swing on over, you come over and like, you're not trying to, so he hears you coming up, he turns around and he sees you and he's like, oh, you guys get here quick. Yep. <sighs> I mean, we're superheroes supposed to make sure that uh, we arrive to places on time. Uh, so. the, uh, yeah, you must be uh, Carson on, right? Correct. And uh, how about yourself? Detective Iverson, uh, PCPD. Uh-huh. So, Iverson, uh... Oh, God, mm. I just realized our police force is the PCP. Mm. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you have my attention. Why don't we chat for a bit? Yeah. Technically, I'm not supposed to be putting my ass on the line doing this, but, well, you helped my, my brother was on that dock when that hagfish thing attacked, so... Unlike some people in the department, I at least think that you guys are capable of doing some good. And nothing about this case makes any goddamn sense. Maybe you can figure something out. All I right. Like to, I like to think I'm good at puzzles. Tell me something. All right. So um, we tracked down. Originally, we tracked down where the um, pod. He sort of is like looking at his notes that contained that. Um, do you have the uh, term to refer to the thing that came out of the pod? Um. Not at the moment, but uh, you mean the hagfish or, or no, gnat? Uh, uh, mm. uh, so android is probably uh, would be something that immediately comes to mind. Good catch yeah. all. So about the android. Yeah, the, the android. So originally we had kind of figured that this was a pretty obvious thing. The shipping, the container came from a storage unit owned by Claude Yates, and it was being transferred to a uh warehouse owned by a company owned by uh antonio scari and we originally just figured that you know this was this being shuffled around within the the marino crime family because yates had some ties to them but obviously he was doing that core shit. but right. um well it seemed a bit too convenient so i started to do a bit of digging into the place the storage unit and as far as the guy running the place could figure that box just kind of showed up one day and was due to go to Scaria's, uh, to, uh, sorry, to Yates's, uh storage unit. But uh, at least according to what I can get out of Yates's secretary, they didn't order it or they don't even know what was in it. And even weirder, when I finally managed to get a hold of Mr. Scari, who was absolutely wonderful with his legal representation. Uh-huh. He basically denied ever knowing that what was in the box. And in fact, he never specified even wanting it in the first place. So I figure, okay, maybe it's a shipping thing. But that's the thing. According to the guy that runs the storage units, that box just kind of showed up on his doorstep one day and it was told in his system to go to Yates' storage unit. And then even weirder is, well, we finally managed to track down the delivery driver, the guy that drove the thing. So the truck that he's using had a, a GPS system in it. So, you know, for insurance purposes, make sure they're taking the most efficient route. He said that he's driven routes not exactly like it, but similar to it. And it basically requires him to go a certain way. But 
on the day that he delivered, the day that he was delivering that um, that box, uh, it told him to take a much different route, one that sent him on a bit of a wild goose chase, in his own words. And then he gets to Skari's warehouse, says that he has a delivery for them, but the warehouse says that they weren't receiving any deliveries like that that day. So he has to take it back to the storage unit. And then the next day, that warehouse orders it again. Same thing happens. Same route change, same refusal of taking it. So he drags it back to the storage unit. And then on the third day, right as he's going through that detour, is when the Axe Gang stops him. Huh. So clearly somebody set these guys up. But the question is who? Where does it all lead back to? Yeah, and that's the thing. We tried to, we got a warrant for the uh, the records for the delivery driver, but the for those deliveries, they don't exist. What do you mean exactly? As in, like, we physically tried looking for them in the system, and they're gone. Guy remembers inputting them and basically putting them into the system, but they're just not there. Like, somebody deleted them. Mm-hmm. Somebody's cleaning up. Yeah, we did get lucky, though. Uh, apparently, the guy inputting the information couldn't remember much, but he did remember a name the guy dropped, uh, Arthur Randall? Yeah, so I'm just, uh, yeah, listening, and, like, I am just dead still when this name comes down. I mean, we've checked out a couple Randalls in the city, none of them named Arthur, but none of them got the necessary infrastructure to do any of this. So, yeah. Arthur Randall, do you know the name? Uh, like I said, doesn't exactly ring a bell. I think we might be able to help each other out here. Look up the Detroit City incident from ten years ago, and the arrests that were made following the incident. I mean, hmm, yeah, what, you think someone from Detroit is masterminding all this? Seems a bit much, don't you think? If you know Arthur Randall, then you'll know that it's not a far shot. Hmm. Well, honestly, that's the most progress we've made in the last several weeks in the last couple of weeks so hell I'll take it mm. anyway that's pretty much all the information that I've got if uh, anything comes up here's my card and he hands you uh, like a card with his contact information on I'll it I'll take it and you know where to reach me gotta mm. say you've been very helpful tonight detective yeah well it's the least I could do really and you can kind of tell that this is a man who has been trapped in a system for a very long time and that system has kind of beaten him down i know the feeling so uh yep i get an idea that maybe i've got a bit of a kindred spirit here so uh just to double check what did what's the fellow's name uh iverson detective iverson detective any first name or just iverson uh he only gave you iverson it doesn't say a first name on his card great so i'm going to take all like, I'm just going to start digesting this information as I take his card, and... All right, well, have a pleasant evening, Detective Iverson. Uh, Enjoy your yeah. sandwich. Yeah, same to you. Mm. <laughs> I mean, you should also get a sandwich. They're pretty good over there. And he, All like, right. gets into his car, and he backs into the parking garage and leaves. And I think I just might do that. So I'm going to go down to uh, Hal's Heroes, and, uh, yeah, I'm going to get whatever uh, whatever's available. Do you get your, uh, so they actually have sandwiches, uh, because you guys are kind of a, uh, local celebrity at the moment. They actually have Uh sandwiches named after all of, uh, us. So, um, I'm just looking over that and I'm just going to ask, so, uh, what's, uh, what's in the Carsonon exactly? Ah, Carsonon Club, uh, double bacon, turkey, uh, tomatoes, lettuce, and mayonnaise. Ooh, uh, turkey club. 
with bacon. Very nice. Yeah, I'll take one of those. Alright. Guys, that club! And he, like, puts a little thing on the little uh, rack, and I'll say that, uh, that hey, sort hey, of reason. We got what? a large Mr. Medium over here! <laughs> <laughs> uh. No, uh, your sandwich is actually the meat Eum. Ah. Were this, was this all you spent time putting notes into? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, oh, Harry's like, oh, I only did a little bit of note writing right after class, and it was all writing up food names. <laughs> Shut up, guys! Shut up! Uh... Alright. I imagine that the Epimethea is some sort of, like, gyro. Yes, it is exactly a gyro. Yeah. Alright, well, um, I'm gonna take my sandwich, I'm gonna head back home, and I'm just gonna dig into it. Very pleased that... I do not have a crappy sandwich. <laughs> oh, what the hell can netic sandwich be? Uh, Ooh, chicken, boy. turkey, and duck. Mm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's that fucking thing where you stuff the... <laughs> it's a turducken. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> no, no. Pals Heroes is not going to serve something that greasy. Mm. It's just a combination of the meats, that's all. But yeah, I say that's a, a pretty good sort of denouement for uh, that, for Carsonon's uh, leg of his journey. Mm -hmm. But um, so Cassandra. So Cassandra obviously works a lot out of the base, but what does she get up to in like her spare time? Um, Especially now with all this information that's dropped. I mean, like the Cassandra, like is, is feeling pretty good now because she, she honestly, like, because her, her secret identity life has nothing to do with engineering or like, like it, all of the people in her classes are, are like archeology span people. Right. So, and like she occasionally like hangs out with like the, the, you know, the history of supervillain people, but like nobody else, she's never really had a lot of people to talk like engineering with. So she's uh, in, in, enjoying like, actually getting to like talk about things she's interested in like uh like going into more detail than it is bullet that shoots lightning with ah, yes. like somebody Someone... ah yes i see you are an engineer of class as well yeah yeah just like because this is stuff like she can't talk about in her civilian identity and nobody on the team up until this point had the like had like had even like the like the pre like doctorate degree stuff that you need to understand some of the things she's working with. Yeah. Big like, brain time. Yeah. Well, well, like the thing is nobody else was, did any engineering. Like the, like she can talk weapon design with Carson on because Carson on understands how to use the weapons. Right. And like when he's not uh, off in fantasy superhero land, uh, like he, he's actually like, a good design partner like with coming up with ideas because he's seen a lot of super weapons like built and used of course, in his yeah. career um but like like she hasn't ever she hasn't had anybody to get into like the nitty-gritty with like before so it's it's a lot of and especially because that also doesn't require sleep which is something that Cassandra technically requires but doesn't really want to <laughs> Yeah, so you guys are, like, going off into the night, talking, like, specifications, plans, all these sort of things. And it's kind of around, like, 1 o'clock in the morning when Nat kind of, like, looks at you and, uh, like, kind of realizes, wait a minute, don't you, shouldn't you be getting to bed? It's quite late. Uh, it, it's fine. I, I have a general stimulant that I can 
take it. It gives me an extra four hours. Um, <laughs> pulls out the bag of cocaine. <laughs> ah! Ah! <laughs> I'm a Greek god. <laughs> uh, uh, so Nat's like, look, I appreciate it, and you're very obviously excited to do this, but, well, I have to admit, today's been rather strange for me. It's odd finding out that my creator may have intended me to be some sort of what did you call it a weapons platform yeah i uh, yeah i guess knowing you're having an inkling to 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 a true pill purpose you were built for it can kind of mess you up <laughs> so. shit yeah <laughs> epimethia understands that very well Ep epimethia turns to the side with a thousand yard stare into the distance yeah um, if you don't mind I kind of would like a, a moment sort of alone. It's been lovely talking to you, and I have to admit, I've probably learned more in the last several hours than I have probably, well, most of my life. But I don't know. I'd yeah. kind of like just to get a uh, walk around the city and get my bearings a little bit. It's been a very wild 24 hours. Okay. Well, um, yeah, sure. Um... You should get some sleep. You... Stimulant or not, you're looking a bit tired. Yeah, sure. I'll I'll pack things up here, and yeah. I'll I'll see you tomorrow. Yes, see you tomorrow. So Nat uh, goes over, and you see that they have like purchased the uh, classic Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles disguise kit, which is a long trench coat and a wide brimmed hat, uh, just to make sure that people don't like you know, because obviously androids are kind of uncommon throughout the city. Yeah, this and, is not, uh, lizard, not lizard people though. Certainly, yes. <laughs> And, I mean, uh, given the, the, the number of lizard people who have recently integrated into the city. <laughs> people may not accept them, but they are aware of them. Yeah. Uh, so uh, with that, Nat sort of like bids you goodnight and heads out through one of the tunnels. Um, but as you're sort of like, you know, cleaning stuff up and sort of like saving plans that you sort of things, uh, you start to hear some chatter over one of the police scanners. It's, uh, apparently there's some sort of reports of violence coming from, like, uh, it seems like an address, but, like, every so often, like, another pip will come through, and it seems like the the address shifts a little, like they're moving across the city. Okay. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, she's gonna get in the suit, then. <laughs> it never ends. So, yeah, uh, you get in the suit, and, um, you take off towards where the, uh, you sort of is. And you kind of get closer and closer, and you realize it's not hard. You can kind of, like, once you get to the initial address, you kind of can follow this, like, um, just this path almost of, like, broken glass. Uh, like, dinged-up cars, broken glass. And as you, like, fly down, like, it very obviously looks like a bunch of people just sort of came through and just started, like, smashing stuff. And are just continually moving further and further down the street. Until eventually you get to, um, like, an area where there's just a bunch of guys, like, armed with a tire iron and, like, a two-by-four and a baseball bat. And they're just walking down the street at a pretty quick pace, just kind of, like, smashing stuff and then running. Yeah, yeah, she's just gonna land, like, in front of them. Alright. Three-point three point landing? No, I think it's gonna be the, 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 the Superman, like, hover down in front. Ah, yeah. well, arms, arms to the side... I am very like... disappointed in all of you. Hmm. <laughs> so, uh, you do that, and immediately they just stop, obviously. And you can kind of tell that these guys, like, 
they've been doing this for a while and a lot of them are pretty winded, but one of them says to the other, you think this counts as someone stopping us? And the other one kind of like looks at you, seems to be evaluating his nerve and says, fuck it, I say so, bail, bail! And they all just start running. Uh, yeah, no, they are not going to get far because um, uh, after the, the whole like hagfish thing and the and like running out of out of uh foam uh arrows uh cassandra swapped out the uh swapped out her um uh her usual arsenal for to bring back the uh the spinners of arachne that she uh uh used ah. back in the day so oh, yes. uh she's gonna try and tie tie, tie these guys up is this gonna be uh, uh yes so uh the scene tracker will start and uh, on the field, there are five D4 minions. Okay. Or sorry. Um, yeah, uh, five D4 minions. Well, D4 minions are technically speaking uh, uh, very tough because they, they, they don't go down any further unless you actually beat them. So if I roll very poorly, they might stay around for a while. They uh, might. All right. Uh, and they and you are the first to go. Okay. Um... I will say that anyone who is up late will have reasonably can reasonably get the information that this is going on, but you guys will not be able to arrive until next round. Uh, okay. So, um, yeah, I'm going to do. I need a D8 because I'm going to do inventions plus. Um... Oh, hey, we never uh, did hero points, did we? Uh oh, we didn't. You're right. Okay. Well, I think we ha I think there was a lot as well. Um, my sheet says three, but I don't know if that's accurate. Does anyone else have a higher number? I think three makes sense. What do you pull? Yeah. Up? Does anyone else have anything different? Uh, nope. I did not unfortunately. Two forty-eight. I did not unfortunately record any on Gene's sheet, so I guess to three would make sense because principle of you didn't use any principle of the detective. Let's go with three for now, since I don't think anyone has any conflicting information. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to uh, attack with ranged combat and uh, inventions and uh, my stats die, and I'm going to take a minor twist to make it a risky action. Okay. And uh, make it so that it affects multiple targets. <clears throat> or uh, is that is that a fair risky action? I'll say so, yeah. You've had some practice with your bow, and these guys don't really look like they're putting up a huge amount of defense. It looks like they're just trying to run away. Yeah, it's not the bow, actually. I'm, I'm actually just hitting them with the, the spinners. Oh, okay. I, mechanically, I'm damaging them, but the like the intent is just to like. It's a net, down. basically. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, okay, so mid-die is going to be a three. Okay, so... Uh... Rolling off. First one does not pass. Second one does not pass. Uh, three goes to... Ties go to attacker, right? Mm. Nope, tie goes to the uh, defender. All right. One manages to escape. Another manages to escape. And... All right. So you throw out the net. And the three guys sort of standing closest to you... Uh, basically, like, just... They can't get away fast enough. And they're completely subsumed by it. Like, you've got them in the bag. Um, the minor twist is that while you're basically sort of like wrangling in the other, the three, the other two, 
uh, manage to put some distance between you, and this is going to be represented as the environment giving them some protection. Uh, so they all get a plus one defend as they've both, like, you know, skittered into alleyways and such like that. Sure. Okay. Uh, and then it is the environments. Uh, so then who are you passing to, John? I guess I will pass to the environment. All right. So the environment goes. Uh, the cops show up. There are now uh, two D6 police officers. But they who are. Very clearly just kind of show up. And uh, they basically kind of like look around and say, they see the guys in the net and then they look at you and they say, uh, are there any more? Uh, sorry, how many were there? Uh, there were five, so there's two left. Uh, yes. Uh, I think they, uh, I think that they mean, the uh, managed to escape. All right, we'll start searching for them. And uh, so, yeah, one of the cops sort of like starts patrolling on foot. The other one gets in the car and starts sort of like circling the block. Hmm. And um, now it's going to pass to the minions and they are going to try and escape. I mean, which they both fail at. They had a chance. I never said they were good minions. Huh. Yeah, no. Um, I mean, by their nature, they are D4, which is as bad as you can be. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I'm going to say, so the environment, pa- uh, the minions pass back to Epimethea. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. So I'm going to use uh, Power Suit plus Creativity plus my status die to uh, basically just kind of think about where like where they could be escaping like what their escape routes are and basically pick up a dumpster and like block off whatever alleyway they're trying to get out of all right so is this a hinder um yeah i i guess so um uh something in my sheet isn't quite right but i'll figure that out later um yeah so i I, i'm using my analyzed weaknesses uh, to hinder them. All right. Um, yeah. So that's going to be a uh, um, a minus uh, three penalty. Oof. Yeah, on one of them. So yeah, with some, uh, you basically can fly a lot faster than they can run, and you begin to box them in more or less. Uh, and now it is going to be the environment's turn. So the police officers are going to go, and uh, they are going to attempt to apprehend. The um, the last two, as now they don't really have a lot of places to run. All right, uh, and they both rolled fives, so unless they manage to roll a four, nope, and no. All right, so yeah, um, you basically corner them in, and uh, like they basically try and double back to find the new route, and they run right into one of the cops, and they just are like, ah, shit, and they just sort of like, you know, throw their hands up and get down and like, get taken into custody. Hmm. But yeah. yeah, so they're dealing with the two over there. You still have the three in the net, though. So, yeah, what do you do now? Yeah, so Epimethe is going to come in and, and, uh, and like, just come down to the ones that, with, in the net and say, what was the purpose for this vandalism? Well, uh, uh, look, it was, it was, I mean, uh, look, we, we, we owed some people some... Can you keep a secret... <laughs> I like the idea that Epimedia's bronze expressionless face is just looking at them. Yeah, and he kind of goes, yeah. fine. Look, we we owed some some people some money. 
people that you don't want to owe money to. I, I don't know about the others, but I know I'm in that boat. They said that they were willing to wipe the debt clean if we did them a favor. I, I knew it was going to be a bad one, so I basically said yes. They wanted us to start there, back there, and just start making a lot of noise, smashing stuff, all that sort of stuff. Keep going until somebody stops you is the exact word to say. And honestly, I'm really glad that it's you and not the other one that got here first. And that is what suddenly causes in your head. Like, you didn't realize it at the time because you were kind of, like, running off of, you know, engineering high and, uh, like, oh, man, finally I can talk to someone about this. Quote-unquote stimulant. (laughs) (laughs) You suddenly realize that the area where these guys started is, like, a halfway line into the Harpies' territory, and they have been moving down into the dead center of the territory. Somebody just went through a lot of trouble to make a lot of noise and very obviously have the harpy not show up. Uh, all right. Well, um, uh, Epimethea is going to say, uh, you're lucky that the harpy was away on other business. Uh, she would not have been nearly as gentle in apprehending you if she even bothered with that. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, thanks for not gutting us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she'll she'll just like grab the the the, the net and like carry them over to the to the police. <laughs> just dump them out like whoa. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks for the assist, I guess. And uh, with that, they just kind of like you know slap the cuffs on them, put them in the back of their police cruiser. Uh, they call for backup because they can't fit five people in the back of one cruiser. And um, yeah, with that, as you sort of take off uh, for the thing. I'm going to say that that is where we are going to call it for today. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for joining us and listening along. And hopefully you'll join us next time as we find out just what the hell the consequences are of someone ringing the No Harpy Dinner Bell real loud is. So thank you and good night, everyone. Good night, everybody. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Tumblr at listentothesenerds.tumblr.com or on Twitter at LTTNCast. All our music is sourced from Incompetech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. You can email us at listen to these nerds at gmail.com.